Get ready to launch yourself into the latest Rockets news. You are listening to the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I am your host, Lashar Binkley. I am a contributor for Space City Scoop and also a contributor for The Dream Shake. And as usual, you can find me on Twitter at HTownForLife40, all caps. Be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account, um, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, and on today's show, we are going to be breaking down, of course, the schedule that just came out yesterday. Um, we're going to be giving our opinion on some of the more exciting games, um, probably breaking down the first 10 games, giving, you know, let, you know, letting y'all know what we think the record possibly could be. Um, we're also going to be discussing, of course, the Jalen Green um, news that seems like every day there's something new with Jalen Green coming out. Uh, Usually it's something with Detroit this time. It's something they actually did here in Houston. So we'll be discussing all that. Um, but first, before we get into that, I'm joined by a couple of my fellow contributors for Apollo Media. Um, so before we kick off with the topics, I want to let them go ahead and introduce themselves. Uh, so why don't we start off with you, Britt? Yeah, so I'm Britt um, on Twitter. I'm at Britt Robotista. Um, as Lashard mentioned, I'm a contributor also at um, Apollo Media and occasionally on the Launchpad podcast. Hey, everyone. My name is Brad LeBlanc. Um, I'm a contributor to Apollo as well. And I just joined in the past few months. So I'm excited to get on this first podcast with Apollo and talk about Rockets Hoops. And on Twitter, I go by Hakeem the Dream. That's where you can find most of my content. Yes. And actually, yeah, this is Brad's first um, time on Apollo Launchpad. And like I say, he just joined not too long ago. So definitely want to welcome you into the team. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, like I said, I uh, mentioned earlier about uh, our topics today. We're going to be going over the uh, schedule that was just released yesterday. And um, there was a lot of interesting things that came out with the schedule, especially like the first 10 or 15 games are extremely difficult uh, games. A lot of playoff teams are facing the lack of national televised game, which I guess can't be a huge surprise, but the amount is kind of surprising. Um, so I want to go ahead and start off with um, asking both of you about the actual schedule and get your first impressions of them. Uh, Britt, why don't we start with you? What was kind of your overall impressions of uh, uh, when the schedule was released and you saw the games that they were going to have in the opening night game um, that they're going to start with against the Minnesota Timberwolves and also the last year's uh, number two overall pick, Anthony Edwards. So what was kind of your impressions of the schedule? Um, so, I, I, I mean, I know, Lushar, you just mentioned that you were surprised about the lack of um, national games. I'm definitely not um, surprised about that. I think the NBA typically tries to limit teams that they assume will be bad. And even though there is a, you know, chance for that, the Rockets could be better than expected. And I, and I think that's actually a bigger chance than people want to give hope for it they were bad last year. They had the worst record in the NBA. Um, they, I mean, they did get the number two pick, which it makes sense that the only, you know, non NBA TV game is versus the Pistons. And I think that's for multiple reasons, but I think one thing is that the first set of games, I, I guess the first 10 to 15 games is going to be rough for them. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how the season goes. Um, and I'm, I'm just very excited to see how um, coach Silas will, you know, sort of game plan. Now he knows like, you know, for a certain aspect, how the core roster will be and hopefully not have like some major transitional issues that happened throughout the season, like yeah. last year. 
Yeah, and what about you, Brad? Because, I mean, if you break down the, the schedule by the numbers, which the Rockets did on their website, they have 13 back-to-back games. Um, they have a stretch later in the season where they're playing uh, several games in a very short amount of time. I mean, of course, you can never kind of – you can never really tell how the season's going to play out, so it's kind of hard to always judge how those games are going to be later in the season because they may be playoff teams last year, but they may be um, – out of the playoffs this year, you never really can tell. But what was kind of your impression of the you know the schedule as a whole? Yeah, schedule as a whole, and I, I'm happy that you brought up those back-to-backs because that was one of the, the matchups that I was looking at the most. You have Phoenix and Memphis coming in November, so that's going to be our first chance to really see. Assuming John Wall sits on one of those one of those games, we get yeah. to see that KPJ and Jalen Green backcourt for the first time. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. But just looking at that those first few stretches of games, it's going to be difficult, of course. Uh, you're coming in with Minnesota, so that's going to be fun. You get to see that Anthony Edwards versus Jalen Green matchup. And then you get Boston, or not Boston, but OKC and Boston in the next two. So I could see them winning against OKC. But then you have that rough stretch against all those playoff and playing teams yeah. from last year. So, I mean, it's going to be a good test. Um, they were competitive last year, just lost a lot of games just from the injuries and just talent not all being out there. So I think they're going to be able to steal a couple of those games ultimately. But, I mean, overall impression of the schedule, I like the amount of back-to-backs there are. It's a good chance to see that Jalen Green and KPJ, um, you know, match up on the court. So, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Uh, As Britt was saying, it's going to be interesting to see how Silas works his rotations, integrating those guys in there. So, I'm excited. Yeah. Also, I want to bring something up. I think actually you mentioned this, Brett, which was actually pretty interesting, talking about some of the earlier games where it was kind of um, something that stuck out to me was them playing the Lakers early in the season on back-to-back nights. You were saying how sometimes the NBA may be trying to prop up certain teams by putting them against lesser teams earlier in the year. Um, well, if I'm not mistaken, you did bring, you, were, you brought that up in one of our chats, if, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, so I brought it yeah. up on Twitter that you know, I feel like at least more recently, the NBA has been wanting for the major teams to be, you know, competitive early. So maybe, I mean, I think that sort of hits into conspiracy theories. (laughs) Just take (laughs) it as my opinion about things, but it's sort of, I mean, I guess in reality, I know that a lot of this is travel. So, you know, the schedule makers have to essentially schedule 82 games for 30 teams and ensure that they are, you know, traveling in a way that one is, uh, especially now that, you know, rest is needed and there's more and more in um, information about, you know, the, um, increased amount of, I guess, lack of sleep for players and how that needs to be more of a focus. So they have to now balance that along with the things that they have the balance for the last, I guess, 75 years since this is the 75th season of trying to figure out how to get people from one side to another, not to mention the pandemic is now getting bad again. Um, so they're having to, you know, sort of factor that in as well. So, yeah. Um, it's sort of conspiratory, but at the same time, I don't think it um, doesn't help for Phoenix, LA, um, Lakers, and for the Warriors who are supposed to be good, although I have hesitation about that, yeah. um, to have a game versus a, you know, a quote unquote bad team early on. Yeah. And one more thing I want to uh, ask you about that, because um, 
Mario Ailey, shout out to Rocket Slayer and Mario Ailey, actually pointed out that because I put on Twitter like the first 10 out of 15 games were against playoff teams. And actually one of those other ones, the ones you just mentioned, is another one against the Warriors who didn't make the playoffs. But um, we assume they're going to be a little bit better. We don't know how much better, but we assume they're going to be better this year with possibly Clay Thompson coming back and uh, another year of uh, James Wiseman and play like that. So what is your opinion as far as, because Mario Elliott was saying that he actually thinks it's a good thing that they're facing a lot of these top teams early on, that they'll help them in the long run. What's kind of your opinion on that? Do you think it's a good thing that they're facing, um, like I said, 10 out of 15 of the games are against playoff teams? you think that that helps a young core be able to gel faster and with their player development? Yeah, so I don't think I can disagree with um, Mario Ellie. He <laughs> definitely is the, you know, the NBA legend and former player. So I don't want to say too much, but I, I do agree that from at least a learning experience, it's going to really wake up, especially the rookies, relatively quickly as to yeah. the extent of the NBA. I mean, it's probably going to be too early that most of those teams would, you know, um, you know, do rest, um, especially since it's like the first 10 to 15. 15 games and a lot of them will be on national TV um, or at least, you know, in between games where they know like, Hey, we could potentially win. Although they could potentially rest and allow for the Rockets to, you know, sneak in a win or two. But I, I think it makes sense from a learning experience, especially with such a young team where, you know, you have, well, I don't know how many of them are going to be going down to the G league, but you essentially have, you know, four, um, players who are 19 years old and few that are, you know, 20, 21 and a couple of veterans, but it, I think it's just going to allow them to gain some chemistry, especially during, you know, since half of that time is going to be on the road relatively quickly. Yeah, true. And I mean, I'd say I, I agree with it a lot as well, because as far as I mean, I guess you're playing in NBA regardless. You're playing NBA teams. But I think a higher level of competition can never be a bad thing when you're rebuilding. Now, if you're well, trying to fight for home court advantage, I mean, getting off to a slow start may not be the greatest thing in the world. But like I said, Rockets are still rebuilding, and they're still trying to get to a point where they're one of the upper echelon team. And we, you know, I think we all kind of think that's a couple years away. So I think just, you know, facing good teams early on in the year, couldn't be a bad thing. So what's kind of your opinion on that, Brad? Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, coming in playing all those tough teams will only allow them to gel even better when they play some of those um, lesser teams. Um, so I think that that stretch is going to be, it's going to be difficult for them. They're probably going to have a lot of rough stretches, but um, like I said, when they come in and they start playing those, those worst teams, cause after that stretch, um, in the first 10 games, they're going to come and play Detroit for the first time, their national TV game. So that would be a good opportunity to play a, a team that's not as good and they can come out and they're going to most likely perform a lot better just playing um, off of that, uh, that rough stretch. So, yeah, I'm excited for them. Um, I think they're going to gel a lot better. Like you said, young team. It's going to be interesting to see how many young guys are going to be, you know, given the chance to go get out there and play. You know, Shane Goon is most likely going to play along with Jalen Green, but hopefully we get to see Garuba or – most likely, no, we're not going to see Christopher, I'd assume, just with him having that log jam or being in that log jam um, of guards. But I think it would be good to see all the young guys out there playing against tough competition. And then they'll be able to play a lot better once, you know, that rough schedule is, you know, a lot easier towards the later half of the season. And, and as we wrap up this first segment, I want to kind of get you, both of your opinion on uh, one other thing. 
Um, so as far as the rotation, y'all were just mentioning that as, um, as far as possible players that could be going down to the G League. Oh, do y'all see possibly two of the four draft picks going down to the G League? Maybe like possibly Christopher, possibly um, Uzman Garuba, because I think Aperon Sagoon, maybe Shagoon, maybe going kind of back and forth. And we all know, of course, Jalen Green's not going anywhere. Um, he'll be firmly in the start lineup on opening night. But what's kind of your opinion on who possibly will start the, the year off at the G League and who will be on the roster? Um, I'll start with you, Britt. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of 50 50 on Gruba just because our um, front court rotation isn't as, I guess, actually, if I'm thinking about it, it is actually relatively deep, especially with um, Theus being signed and, you know, the other team. And, you know, I, I think House, <laughs> dep- you know, depending on the situation, will yes. probably be there the first game. So I, I could see Garuba potentially going down. Um, and then I-, I think Christopher, even though he had, you know, uh, I guess sparks of really good um moments he had a lot of very not so good moments i think he's definitely going down to the g league um as for sagoon and for you know jalen green i i think you you had it exactly right lashard that it's going to be sort of you know um jalen green is going to of course stay up here either as a starter or as you know the backup and then um sagoon may be going back and forth but I think even Sagoon has been looking, he looked really good during the, um, the summer league. So yeah. he, he could, you know, possibly fight to an actual, you know, rotation spot, um, you know, relatively quickly. And what about you, Brad? What's your opinion? You think that um, it's kind of be, it's going to be a fluid situation where players can be going back and forth all year. I mean, like, of course, outside of Jalen Green, do you think it's kind of be depending on whether there's injuries, depending on where the players are resting? Um, who do you kind of see as uh, opening night probably being on that G League roster instead of with the Rockets? I think depending on the starting lineup, if you have uh, T's coming in there starting right away, um, you're going to have an opportunity for St. Good to play backup center minutes. Um, as for Garuba, um, I would like for him to play, uh, just playing professionally, it's a good opportunity for him to come in and play against, you know, NBA competition, but I don't see it as likely because you'll probably have uh, with Tice coming off the, uh, with Tice potentially starting in that, you know, with that would force Tate to come off the bench. So that doesn't really open up minutes for Garuba. Yeah. And, you know, as with that log jam with the, all those guards, I can't see Christopher getting minutes. So I could see Christopher and Garuba going back and forth. And with those back-to-backs that we have or injuries that could happen, I think that's what opens up those opportunities for Garuba and Josh Christopher to play a lot of minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I know, I know Josh Christopher is a fan favorite. I mean, he's one of my favorite players already. Um, but I think it'll benefit him as well, being down in G League, at least for a little bit, just because, I mean, I think Armani Brooks shooting is a, a reason why he'll be in the rotation. I mean, we don't know how many minutes, but I don't see him going back to the G League. I, I don't know how much that really will benefit him. So he'll probably be on the roster. And then you still remember, you still got Eric Gordon. He hasn't been traded yet. So he's going to be taking minutes. Um, so you still got to figure out the three-guard lineup. So Josh Christopher, I think it's just more about him being caught in a numbers game than necessarily his actual game. And I think Uzma Garuba would benefit a lot, especially on 
the office of end playing um, every day down there with Rio Grande Vipers, uh, Valley Vipers. I think that'll benefit him the most because I think Daniel Tice, it's going to be a Daniel Tice, Christian Wood, um, Aperin, Shagoon, probably rotation uh, for most of the first part of the year. So, yeah, I think it's going to be like a fluid situation where players are kind of going back and forth. And since the Rockets are rebuilding, they're not really in a huge rush. So I don't think they'll have a problem sending players down to the G League. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this first segment. In the second segment, we're going to actually break down the first 10 games and give our opinions on what we think the record will be after those first 10 games. But like we mentioned earlier, it's a pretty tough stretch, um, especially for a young team trying to jail. So we will break that down. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. And welcome back to Launchpad Podcast, presented by Apollo Media. And in the second segment, we're going to actually be breaking down the first 10 games and give our opinion on what we think the record is going to be. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, it's a pretty difficult stretch, the first 10 or actually first 15 games um, that the Rockets will be playing. So it'd be kind of interesting to see how the young team comes out of the gate. Um, Brad, I want to go ahead and start with you. Uh, what's kind of your opinion on the first 10 games and what do you think the record could possibly be after that 10-game stretch? I think best case they can come out with a 5-5 five and five record, but I'm looking at them to probably be around 4-6. and six. Um, Coming out with Minnesota and OKC, I think they can win both of those games. Um, but then going into Boston, that's going to be a tough stretch for them. Boston's a good team, so I can see them losing that game. Then the next game is going to be Dallas. Um, Houston always has success versus Dallas. They've won a, every a season series against Dallas since 2012, I believe, so. I think they can come out and beat Dallas, even though that's going to be a tough game. And then you have Utah and then L.A. in back-to-back games. Those are all going to be tough games. So I think they can most likely lose those. And you have Phoenix, Denver, and Golden State. I can see them stealing one of those games. Um, but they're all going to be great competition. You know, the Rockets last year, they were losing a lot of games by, you know, it looks like they're going to get blown out and they make a comeback. Yes. And, you know, what Rock would say as, you know, we, we called them a whole bunch of fake comebacks. Yes. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think what we saw from Jalen Green in that Toronto game before he got hurt, we were down 22 and he willed us back to, I think, an eight point deficit pretty quickly. So I think Jalen Green will help us a lot with those fake comebacks. And I think we'll see a, a fake comeback turn into a real one in this first 10 game stretch against some of those harder teams. So I would say five and five or four and six. It's going to be tough, but I'm excited to see what they can go out there and do. And uh, what about you, Britt? What's your, uh, what's your prediction for the first 10 games? Yeah. So this time, well, I guess it wasn't really this time because since this season started in December, but yeah. around this part of this, you know, right before the season started last year, I was really optimistic about the team. So um, it won't be surprising that I'm actually pretty pessimistic about the first <laughs> 10 games. So I, Really, the only games I feel like the Rockets may be potentially competitive in are the OKC game because it looks like they're, you know, tanking um, and probably will be tanking for a little while as they're accumulating, you know, more picks than they can actually field players. Picks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, Minnesota's, I think, definitely more of a toss up, um, you know, uh, 
uh, Carl Anthony Towns, of course, is good, and Edwards is good, but you know Minnesota has never been consistent. Um, although the last, you know, the end of last season, they were pretty good. Yeah. Um, as for the rest of them, it's going to be you know hard. I, I don't see a game um even the golden state one um you know i'm not as optimistic about them but i think in general golden state is with curry if he's you know healthy and you know if the regular you know i guess at least draymond's healthy um because who knows when clay's going to come back and actually start playing games that's going to be a difficult one um so I really just see like one to two games and I guess Detroit, is that part of the 10 or no, that's right outside. That's 11. Yeah, that's 11. So, so I, I really just see one or maybe two games. Um, but like I said, maybe folks are, maybe some of the teams will have rest, maybe, maybe not. But if that happens, I think they could really sneak and get a game or two from that. But if I'm trying to be realistic this year versus last year, I, I would probably say one or two games max. Yeah, which, I mean, honestly, isn't crazy. I mean, because we don't know how this team is going to uh, work out. We know we see how great Jalen Green can be. Uh, we saw Christian Wood last year and KPJ, but we don't know how the three-guard line is going to work. We don't know how the rotation is going to work. We don't um, know how that's going to play out. But just from, you know, looking at the roster right now, I would say – Three and seven is probably realistic, possibly four and six. And the uh, only reason I say possibly four and six, because I think that at least one of those Lakers games, I think either Anthony Davis or LeBron are going to sit out uh, one of those games, or maybe Anthony Davis is out the first game, LeBron sits out the second. I don't see them playing back-to-back games this early in the season. So the Rockets could possibly steal one of those games, because, I mean, outside of those two, I mean, I know they have Russell Westbrook, but again, we have no idea how that's going to play out. Um, he can either shoot them right into a game or right out of a game, as we've seen over the years. So, um, I, like I said, I think three and seven is probably realistic with, of course, the first two wins over uh, OKC and Minnesota. And actually, I think I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Dallas just because it seems like the Rockets always play Dallas Mavericks tough, and I haven't really seen anything in particular uh, that makes Dallas even any better than they were last year. And actually, they traded away uh, Josh Richardson, who didn't do a lot for them last year, but um, they traded him away, and they still haven't figured out what they're going to do with Porzingis. So I, I wouldn't be so shocked if the Rockets were able to beat the Mavericks. So like I said, three and seven, four and six at the – at the highest, um, but hey, if they get the five and five, I think I think Rockets fans would probably throw a parade at that point. So uh, I don't think anybody would be mad about that. Um, one of the things I wanted to break down in this segment, um, this second segment, actually something brought to our attention um, was a someone put out a graph actually um, at Ed Cooper on. Uh, Twitter put out a graph talking about strength of schedule for all teams and actually broke it down by average expected win margin versus every team's opponent. Um, so basically strength of schedule. And what was really interesting about it was if you look at the chart, um, the lower teams are teams that you, know, you expect to be the lower teams are on the bottom with the harder schedule. And then the top teams like the LA's and the Milwaukee Bucks and the 76ers of the world have the easiest schedule at this point, um, which kind of goes back to something we were talking about earlier and that um, Britt had brought up before um, about how the NBA kind of plans out the schedule. Um, so what's kind of um, 
hopefully, I know both of y'all probably had a chance to look at it. Uh, of course, you have, Bert, because you brought it to our attention. What was kind of your opinion on that? Because it is kind of interesting to see the Houstons and the Minnesotas of the world having the hardest, hardest schedules in the league. Yeah, and I think one of the caveats that folks should keep in mind is that it is based on Vegas odds. Yes. And of course, Vegas odds are just guesses as well as them trying to get, you know, marks and sharps to bet um, yeah. against raise, the, raise it up. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, up to one, raise it up. And then also to, you know, the house wants to win. So they usually put it to a point where it's, you know, pretty difficult. But I think they're, you know, an average indicator of how to, you know, how things may happen or may occur this season. So that's one, but I, I guess I'm not surprised at all uh, about, you know, the Rockets and their position. Um, I'm also looking at like their rest advantage and they have the fifth worst advantage when it wow. comes to the league and number of games where each team has a rest advantage. So it, I, I think this season, if the Rockets somehow go above, you know, if they're at or around 500 at the end of the season, I, I think that it would be a achievement for them. Like, I, I think it would show, you know, a lot of things, but I would not be surprised if it's going to be a little bit more rougher than that, especially with the younger team, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. What's kind of your opinion on that, that chart seeing, you know, of course the lesser teams at the bottom and the higher teams with the easier schedule. What's your opinion on that, Brad? I would say looking at, you know, graphics like this, you know, those better teams are usually more suited as an easier schedule because it's expected to beat all the worst teams. So yeah. I'm not surprised to see the Rockets towards the bottom of this chart. And as Britt was saying, if the Rockets can come out of here with a 500 record or better, that's definitely an achievement and a cause for a celebration in the city of Houston. Because if you yeah. can come out in the first year of a rebuild um, with a 500 or better record, that's a, that's a great sign for this young team that they can succeed in the future and hopefully you know, speed up this rebuild process. So I think that that would be a great opportunity for them to play all, a lot of tough teams and, you know, get out there and see what they can do, how they fare against the other teams in the league. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess it wouldn't be fun for the fans who want them to tank for another year, but. Yeah, true, true. And, yeah. And, and actually, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I want to get your opinion on that right quick before we end the second segment, because, of course, that's. Another, you know, I won't say it's a huge deal, but it will be throughout the season. Um, what's your opinion on that? Would you, would you rather them fight for a play-in game or quote-unquote organically tank and possibly be a top five uh, lottery uh, drafting team again? Uh, what's your opinion on that, uh, Brad? I'll start with you. Yeah, I know a lot of people want to tank. I'm not too, too big on it. You know, if they're not going to tank, but if they just lose games and they lose games, which I can yeah. see happening. But, I mean, when you look at teams like um, the Grizzlies, they're coming out and being competitive. I like that for a young team because you can grow and you learn how to win games together. Um, I think that's a good way to speed up a rebuild process. You can look at the Hawks. That's a young team. And look at them. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, they potentially could have made the finals somehow. Um, I think that would be a good opportunity for the Rockets if they can learn how to win games together at this early stage. I think they already have a good young core. Um, so, you know, people are like, oh, if they come out here and, they, and they're winning games, we don't want them to be like the Pacers just stuck in the middle. I think the Rockets have a good young core. So I think they're going to be able to grow and grow and grow. So they wouldn't be, you know, just stuck in the middle of one of those middle teams because they have young guys that are only going to get better and a potential superstar in Jalen Green. And hopefully KPJ can be a star for us. And Christian Wood is already a really good basketball player. So I think, um, you know, relative to tanking, I hope they 
they come out and they they win a lot of games. But it's not it's never a bad thing to get more talent. So if they can come out and get some of those new guys coming in who look really talented and really good, you know, that's okay with me as well. So I prefer for them to win, but I'm I'm not opposed to seeing them be bad because it's very <laughs> yeah. And uh, what about you, Britt? Yeah. So I think if folks are saying they're that the Rockets should focus on organically tanking at the start of the season. That's not an organic tank. That's purposely tanking and just (laughs) saying it's organic. The reason why um, I think I was one of the first people to say it was an organic tank last season was because they weren't planning on that. They were, you know, they were trying to keep James Harden. They were trying to be competitive, but because of, you know, drama and all the other stuff that was happening, they weren't able to. I think this season they should, you know, go out and try to be as competitive as possible. If that means that they're losing, then that's fine. And, you know, they can go back into the lottery. But the one thing that I don't want to see from the team is them not trying to be competitive or doing things to not be competitive because that – I feel like that sets bad habits for, especially for young players. Like you don't want to have them, you know, feel like that, Oh, they need to lose all the time or have this expectation. They should have expectations that they can potentially win and be competitive every single game, even if they, you know, eventually lose that game because of the other teams in their experience. So I I think that, you know, we don't want to necessarily do the process Sixers route, but they should do whatever they can do to be as competitive as possible, even, you know, with a relatively young team. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Again, like I was saying, if they're bad enough to where they're just losing games, then that's one thing, but to, you know, try to actually go out and lose games on purpose or try to, you know, sit certain players, even though they're healthy to try to lose those games. I just think that's a bad idea. And you got to keep in mind also, it's not just draft that you're trying to get players in. You're trying to get players to free agency as well. And you're not going to get a lot of players in free agency if you're constantly one of the worst teams in the league, even though you're getting high draft picks. So, I mean, just look at Phoenix, even though Devin Booker have been in the league for several years, I think the benefit of them going 8-0 in the bubble had a lot to do with how they played this year. I know Chris Paul gets a lot of credit, but the fact that they ended that year the way they did, I think that gave that team a lot of confidence. And I think the more the Rockets win, the more you give young team like that confidence. I think that'll just help them in the long run. So me personally, if they able, if they're anywhere close to the playing game, I say fight for it because playoff experience is great. I mean, like like uh, y'all mentioned earlier, Memphis had the playoff experience last year, even though they didn't get out of the first round. But them fighting for that play in, I think it's going to really help them going into this year. So ultimately, I think that it's just best to win as many games as you can and just see how it falls that way and not purposely try to lose games by sitting players or, or, you know, coming up with imaginary injuries. So I think in the long run, they'll be better off just trying to win as many as possible. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for the second segment. And the last segment, we're going to give our opinions on what's our top three games of the year that we're looking forward to, some of the matchups that uh, may stick out for us uh, uh, with the Rockets schedule this year. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original.
And continuing here on the Launchpad podcast presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop a review or leave us some stars. Okay, in this final segment, we're going to be breaking down our top three games that we're looking forward to this uh, upcoming season. Um, so I want to go ahead and start off with you, Britt. Uh, what's your uh, top three games or what's or some of the games that you're most looking forward to as you look through the schedule? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest ones, um, just because of the various, um, I, I guess, drama indirectly yeah. because of Jalen Green, I think one that everyone's going to say is the two Pistons matchups, one early in the season and then one a little bit later on in the season. Those should be interesting. And even from the, you know, the summer league, game i actually was there in person and they were going at it or trying yeah. to go at it with each other already and it's not even you know that was just a summer league game it didn't yes. count for much of anything so it's that's going to be definitely fun to watch um and i think besides that i to be honest i'm i'm really am interested in seeing how they compete versus you know some of the play-in teams so I guess the golden states of the world um, um, personally, because I'll be able to watch that game since I live in the Bay area. Um, And I think even like the Lakers or, you know, the Dallas's of the world, I I think ultimately it would just be good to see how with a, you know, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, um, a, pretty consistent rotation how silas is able to implement his um you know his playbook because um i mean i was listening to a few interviews from him and he said that you know he essentially had to throw out his playbook for the most part after (laughs) all the stuff that was happening so i'm just excited to see what schemes and rotations that he used especially since we already know that he is willing and able to play like almost everyone in the rotation who's available um you know during games and not just you know play a limited selection um unlike our previous coach who i still appreciate um d'antoni <laughs> everyone's favorite mike d'antoni yes um and what about you uh brad what's some of the games that you're looking forward to this upcoming season yeah i'm looking forward to some of those first back-to-back games that we have i mentioned the memphis and phoenix back-to-back that's actually the second back-to-back that the rockets will see the first one is going to be the nuggets and uh, Warriors back-to-back um, in November, early in November. So I'm looking forward for those, again, to see that young backcourt in action for the very first time, assuming that John Wall will sit in one of those games. Um, of course, as Britt was mentioning and everyone has been mentioning, those Detroit games are going to be very fun to see. Jalen yeah. Green and Jay go at it as they're going at it already just in the summer league. And these guys are going to be a joy to watch throughout the course of their career. So seeing them in action for the first time in a regular season game is going to be extremely fun. So Another game, I would say, even though that's three games right there. Oh, no, you can keep going. You're okay. No <laughs> rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always good to see James. Uh, well, not always, because it's the first time we got to see James play against Houston. But he comes back to Houston on December 8th. So that's going to be fun to watch and just see how the young guys play against James. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited for those matchups the most. Yeah, I agree. Of course, like y'all said, Detroit, I mean, everybody's looking forward to that game. I think it was really interesting. Um, Britta mentioned how they were going after each other. I mean, it was the both teams, the entire teams were going after each other. It wasn't just Jalen Green, Kane Cunningham. It almost seemed like um, Detroit almost had like a chip on their shoulder as far as, you know, maybe they were hearing all the talk about Jalen Green because they were really going after 
uh, the Rockets as well, running traps and double teaming Jalen Green at midcourt. It was like giving me James Harden flashback there for a second. So, I mean, I, I think that's going to be a definitely interesting game. And um, like you mentioned, Brad, the Brooklyn game, of course, I mean, going up against James Harden, it'd be interesting to see the future shooting guard star of the Rockets uh, versus, you know, the, you know, probably second all-time greatest Rocket, you know, in James Harden. That's always going to, that's going to be interesting to see for the next few years. And another game, kind of surprising game I'm looking forward to is the one against Charlotte. And it's just because I, I really, if, if it's one team that I would probably watch outside of Houston, it's probably the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, I think they have a really good young team. They've had a lot of really good young players. And it's, it's good to see the Rockets go up against other teams that are probably at the same level that they are, um, like the Memphis Grizzlies of the world, like the Charlotte Hornets, um, the, the younger teams that are trying to fight their way back into you know playoff contention every year. So I think that'll be a really interesting game. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be several interesting games. And, and like we've been talking about the whole time, hopefully they'll be a little bit more competitive than they were last year. Cause I'm um, like you said, Brad, it was a lot of fake comebacks last year, you know, game, they'll be down by 20, everybody turns it off. And then you look back and beginning of the fourth quarter, all of a sudden they're only down by eight. And then by the end of the game, they're back down by 30. So hopefully we won't have to have that roller coaster again this year. Um, we actually had a comment um, on Twitter uh, on our Launchpad podcast, uh, Twitter page, uh, one of the uh, followers put out their three games, and they um, this was from Ron at underscore Hoodie Ron on Twitter. He actually mentioned uh, number one was Piston versus Rockets, and then number two was Lakers versus Rockets. Um, he said it was a good test to see what kind of team we are uh, going up against good competition. And then number three game was Memphis versus the Rockets uh, because – I do remember that. He said last year they got embarrassed by like almost 50 points. I do remember that game. Um, that one was pretty pretty hard to watch at the time. So those are definitely three interesting games to look forward to. Like I mentioned before, a couple of those teams are young teams like the Rockets trying to build themselves back up. Um, and before we wrap up the show, I want to get both of your opinions on something else. Um, kind of going back to the rotation we were talking about a little bit earlier. So what are what do y'all see as the starting lineups going into game one of the year? Do y'all see the Rockets running more of a three-guard lineup with possibly Tate at the four and Wood at the five? Or is just going to depend on the matchup and it's kind of going to go back and forth throughout the year? Um, I'll start with you, Britt. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. I guess maybe, Brad, you have a better idea and I can get back to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Britt. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of Kelly Eagles articles and – you know, he's been getting thoughts on Will Weaver's opinion on it and, you know, all the, the Rockets front office and everybody. And he's, it seems like that they're going to go with the three-guard lineup, which I would like because he says getting those versatile guys out there, you know, it elevates the play of everybody. So getting your best players on the court will help. I think they also, you know, brought in Daniel Tice for a reason. And, they, they you know, Kelly Olenek was playing next to Christian Wood last year to help Wood with the bigger matchups. But Kelly Olenek's not the best defender, but Daniel Tice can come in and be a good defender. So yeah. you're going with a three-guard lineup. It would be good to get Daniel Tyson there for interior defensive purposes. It'd be also good to have uh, Jay Shante out there to play, you know, better perimeter defense. But I think they'll, they'll they'll put Tice out there early on based on what Kelly Eco has been saying. And I ultimately like that lineup. And as Lashar was saying on Twitter, he can see us switching up those matchups, uh, depending yeah. on the bigger team or a smaller team. They play those bigger teams. Of course, you want Daniel Tyson there. So game one against – 
uh, Cat, you're probably going to see Daniel Tice start. And if you play a smaller team, then obviously you can have Jay Sean Tate go to the four. So that's how I would predict them to start the season off. Just, you know, seeing who they play. Um, of course, keeping that three-guard lineup, I think that remains consistent. And one other question I want to ask you real quick. Do you think that um, Eric Gordon is basically still the sixth man? Because, I mean, I know they were trying to trade him during a draft. They've been trying to trade him in the offseason, but so far there hasn't been any takers. Do you see him still getting those six-man minutes? Because if you remember, he – I actually had a bounce back of the year last year compared to the year before where it was probably the worst year of his career. He was actually playing really well up until the injury. And I think that towards the end of the year, he could have actually probably came back if they were actually fighting for some, but they end up keeping him out. So do you see him getting the six man uh, minutes and um, do you see more of a possibly Nawaba, um, Armani Brooks, um, kind of mixture of players kind of going with this, you know, the other remaining minutes that they have. Yeah, I definitely still think Eric Gordon is going to come in and be that sixth man for the Rockets. This is a Rockets team that still lacks shooting to a degree. So Eric Gordon is going to come in and jack up shots as he always yes. does. And he he was great last year, really good in the paint. Um, he, he shot relatively well. So I think he's going to come in. The Rockets, of course, want to be competitive, even though they most likely will lose a lot of games. Uh, I think Eric Gordon is going to come in and do what he's always done as a Houston Rocket, come in, shoot the three ball, and get to the paint. So I, could, I think he's still going to come in and be that sixth man. You'd like to see Armani Brooks come in and, you know, get up shots because we saw he shot nine for 17 from three in his last yeah. game, which is something the Rockets are missing uh, from three. But I can't see him getting minutes early on. You most likely will see a Daniel House or maybe even a – Nawaba coming just to be that yeah. player for the Rockets. But yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Silas will run this rotation. There's, there's a lot of players that can get playing time. So it'll definitely be interesting. Yeah, and, and Brett, what's your thoughts on that? Because of course, we still, John Wall's not going anywhere. He's not going to the bench. Uh, there's no way Jalen Green's going to be coming off the bench. And you don't want KPJ coming off the bench just because you don't want to stunt his development going forward. So, what's kind of your opinion on how they're going to play out the uh, starting lineup? Yeah, so um, if I can go to the Eric Gordon question, sure. I think with both Eric and John Wall, they're going to showcase them, um, yeah. you know, for better or worse, especially Eric Gordon, because they're trying to trade him. And yeah. I think Eric wants to be traded as well, eventually. So they're going to definitely show him. And I, I think that the one important thing is that, it, you know, Eric getting injured just at the exact wrong time, <laughs> yes. he probably would have been traded earlier because he was having a, he was having a very good season, especially after um, James Harden was traded. He he was playing really well on both defense and offense. So it was just unfortunate. And I think they'll probably focus on having him there, which sort of stinks because then it's going to make the guard rotation even tougher to crack. And that could cause, you know, Jalen Green to not get as much development. That's why I'm sort of, you know, in the previous segment, I was saying that, you know, maybe, you know, there should be almost a certainty that green doesn't go down, but I could potentially see him, you know, getting down, going down to um, real grand Valley, just so that he has some reps to do at least for a little while until they're able to trade Eric, because I, I doubt that they'll be able to trade John wall as for rotations. I think Brad um, hit it exactly that they'll probably do a heavy guard rotation, but one that I'm interested in, which I don't know will happen anytime soon but I would love to see a big man rotation. So like having Gruba, like if he actually gets to the starting lineup along with Wood and um, Daniel um, um, Thies, or Thies as well as, you know, 
I guess even like house, if he doesn't get traded, it, yeah. it would just be very interesting to see a mostly big rotation. And now that we have actual, like, you know, we're, we have actually relatively tall team. Um, unlike the past, I, I don't know. It feels like forever since we've had a reasonably, you know, tall team. Yeah. Um, it'd just be interesting to see a bigger man rotation. If the, you know, of course it's matchup dependent, but, um, it would be fun to see that, especially, I guess, maybe potentially the Bucks, since they're still pretty big. Yeah. Um, we could see that potential lineup being used or a mixture of that and the, you know, the standard guard rotation. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited either way. I'm just excited to see what um, Silas pulls out from his um, actual playbook so that we can actually learn how he's going to, you know, teach beyond or coach beyond what he, he did last season, which was, you know, quite frankly, incredible considering all the circumstances that happened. Yeah. And you just mentioned about Silas actually you know, rolling out the playbook. And I think a lot of people kind of forgot that when they were criticizing uh, Coach Silas last year is, he couldn't run any of his plays because he never knew who was going to be on the court. I mean, he'll go into one day thinking he has somebody, and then the next day they'll have somebody flying in, playing actual major minutes that's never even been in any practices. So at least they kind of know exactly who's going to be there, unlike last year where it was just everything was just in flux up in the air. They know who was going to be playing, who wasn't going to be playing, whether Harden was going to stay or when he was going to be traded. It was just a big mess. So it would be interesting to see them have a full training camp and actually have time to – actually put in a game plan um, that they can actually run when the season starts. So I'll definitely be uh, interested in seeing how that all plays out. Uh, before we wrap up the show, I want to give Britt and Brad one more chance to let everybody know where they can find their content. So uh, why don't we start off with you, Britt? Yeah, so thank you, Lashard, for having me on again. So I am on Twitter as well as Instagram and a few other places. Um, um, so I'm on Twitter at Brit Robotista. That's B R I T R O B O T I S T A. Um, and like I said, on tw um, Twitter, Instagram, um, I think other places too, but mostly Twitter and Instagram. What about you, Brad? Where can they find your content? Yes. And again, you could find so on Twitter, I go by Hakeem the Dream. That's Hakeem the underscore DR34. M. And again, I'm a contributor for Apollo Houston and Apollo Launchpad. Hopeful to get on with more podcasts with Lashard. I had a great time today and my first time. And you can see me writing articles um, for Apollo as well. I recently put out a big board. If you want to check that out, again, that's on my Twitter page at Akeem the Dream. Yeah, and I definitely thank y'all both coming on. Brad, of course, this is probably like our 100th show that we've done together, as always. Great having you on. And Brad, uh, you did a great job. Definitely will be having you back on uh, sometime thank this offseason because we'll have plenty of time, of course. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Launchpad Podcast covering your Houston Rockets.